After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Oh, look at that. It's Tuesday. It must be time for another episode of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones and the bad ones and the ones where people say weird shit like this. So gassy, girl. So gassy. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today, we got some cheese. We got some G's. We got us some cheese and G's. Yeah. That's what we got. Now, for those who are not familiar with uh, the concept behind cheese and G's, here's how it worked. Way back in the day, years and years ago, when we started this podcast, we decided to come up with a system for ranking commercials that we loved and commercials that we disliked. And the ones we loved, we called them cheers. The ones we didn't like, we called them jeers. Um, and then a small little startup called TV Guide <laughs> decided to steal our idea and then they had the audacity to try to sue us for the rights to the cheers and jeers concept. That's we right. said, listen, we're not fighters. We're lovers. We're podcasters. Uh, this is back in the 60s. And more importantly, we are not wealthy. So that's basically a cheers and jeers, cheese and jeez. That's what we call it here. We're going to be talking about the commercials that we love the most and the ones that are really driving us crazy lately. Um, also, we have some commercials in the news, which is always exciting because I get to play the commercials in the news sound. Um, stay tuned for that. The news in this case is the most interesting man in the world. So it's the most interesting news in the world. He's got a new gig. Of course, we're talking about the Dos Equis guy who was recently, I think, what, it was about a year ago now? Less than? He was let go by Dos Equis. Quite. I would, well, I guess there was some ceremony since they sent him to the moon, but it seemed unceremonious to the actor. Well, it's just so ridiculous. They replaced him with a young, handsome Young-ish man. and handsome-ish. Yes, yes, like I a guy add. who was like in his 40s who was like you know, supposed to appeal to a younger generation. They're very clear about why they did it. And yeah. it's just such a tone-deaf move. Anyway, uh, don't cry for the most interesting man in the world. He still has stuff to sell, and he's selling it. And also, we'll check in with you guys, the Ad Council. Vives, anything really um, kind of catching your eye there? Well, Disney has come up with a an incredibly angry-making new gambit. Disney? Yeah. That's funny. I've never heard you be angry at Disney before. <laughs> All right, well, let's... Uh, let, He's joking. Let's start with some cheese and G's. It's a thin between love and hate. It's a thin between love and hate. Got a new version of the song, did you notice? I did notice, yeah. I, I was thinking like, wow, this song is different from how I remembered it. Yeah, I uh, started using this because the first time we did Cheese and Cheese, I did a quick you know, search in my music library for hate it, or love or something and came up with this Pretender song, Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Well, it turns out it's a cover of an, of an old song by The Persuaders. Oh, wow. I mean, it's very soulful in both. In both versions. Yeah, but I figure we should go with the original. Um, so our first commercial that we either love or hate, this is all about you, Vives. Um, this is one of those pregnancy, I almost said pregnancy detectors. Let's call them. <laughs> I wish that's what pregnancy tests are called. <laughs> let's call it a pregnancy test commercial. This one for the brand EPT. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to spoil this for everybody. 
when I saw that you had a pregnancy test commercial and it said chi underneath it, chi again indicates for new listeners, chis are the ones we like, gs are the ones we don't like. I saw it that said chi and I'm like, Vives, I think there's a typo in yeah. here. It says you like this ad. It is kind of a surprise that I would like a pregnancy test ad because they are, they're not a great genre of commercials for the most part. Uh, I've never particularly liked them. They all they 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 are in a very narrow band for the most part. Um, First response is a really terrible offender. This is for EPT, which is another kind of major brand of pregnancy test. Um, but they tend to run uh, a very narrow gamut of women who are happy to be pregnant and husbands and partners who are also very happy that they're ladies be pregnant just on the edge of their seat finally, finally i know it's like pregnant. it's like the most usually like the most uh you know cutting edge thing might be to have like a non-white lady in the ad but what i really like about it and the name of this ad is moment of truth is that there are, i don't think there are any i don't I, let me let me not say that I, I don't know if there are any men in this ad but for the most part it's just the woman reading their results they're women of all different ages including a, a person who appears to me to be a teenager in her bedroom and they're having emotional reactions to reading these results but they're not all overjoyed reactions and you don't necessarily know whether they're seeing a positive or a negative or what they're seeing mm. but it's such a more honest oh. way of dealing with what a pregnancy test really is which is not always good news or the good news might not be the good news that you, you know, that you would think. So just by being a little bit more ambiguous about it, they win you over. Can yeah, I watch this? I want yeah, I think I saw it before, I but I, I think wanna... there might be a voiceover. It, there's not a lot of dialogue. If there's no voiceover, I'll just do a voiceover. Okay. In a world. Enormous with potential. Alive with the power to change. Everything. In that one moment, what you need is the truth. That's our promise. And EPT has delivered the truth with 99% accuracy to millions of women since 1977. Ah, uh, you know, uh, watching it now it's emotional, with your right? eyes, well, it didn't get me in that way. But I will say, I watched this before the show a couple of times. I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. And again, I just assumed you didn't like it because we tend to not like these commercials. A quick shout out to our friend Kat, actually, uh, previous guest on, maybe once in future guest here on uh, After These Messages. She texted me about a pregnancy test commercial recently, just out of the blue, just like, can you stand these things? Everybody's always so overjoyed that they're pregnant. And There's so a lot of drack out there. For when sure. I watched this one, I just assumed that was the thing. I wasn't really paying attention, but you're right. The majority of the reactions on the women's faces are... You'll see this a lot, almost as a trope in movies and TV, where somebody just got the news. Are they accepted into college or not? And there's that moment where yeah. they pull out the letter, and then it's that two seconds they let it breathe. Like, are they happy or mortified? It could go in either direction. I and think that's it's a real Rorschach. I think it's a real Rorschach, act, mm -hmm. actually, in that way. That if you are a woman who is in the market for a pregnancy test, whatever, and there are women of different, lots of different ages. I think there are women who are at the end of their childbearing years and at the very beginning there are different uh, ethnicities and races and I think if you are a person who's in the market for this product this speaks to you and you you project onto you can project onto any of these women the reaction that that you 
are are imagining for yourself. Now you do hear one of them say Mia more. I mean, and also just the fact that it's not in English, right? That one of the mm-hmm. one of the few pieces of dialogue in this is a woman saying Mia more. She's running to tell her her uh, you know husband or whoever that that they're pregnant. So there's like some happiness and some sadness, but a lot of ambiguity. And I really appreciate that. And it's, I think it's a real disservice to this ad that all the other pregnancy test commercials make you think that this ad's going to be Yeah, bad. that I just kind of came to baggage with it. And you're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be paying more attention to these as I'm watching them. But even this one in show prep, it just kind of washed over me. Uh, I will say the last one seems very less than ambiguous to me very less than ambiguous could i possibly say that worse um that's the one where we see the girl i think she's coded as a teenager mm-hmm. in her bedroom and she looks as relieved yes. as i've ever seen anybody in my life she takes a big breath and breathes out and it's like now all i have to worry about is that math test and that's a big problem that i have with a lot of pregnancy test ads is that the the only happy outcome that the only outcome that's ever shown is yes i'm pregnant and yes i'm happy about it and it's such a complex um emotional place for a woman to be that I think it's great that EPT took a stab at doing something that covers the spectrum of those emotions. So kudos to them. If I ever need a pregnancy test and in a couple more years, I probably never will. um, I will. EPT, I got you. Um, Let's move on before we get into our uh, child rearing plans here. Um, I assume that I would even be in the picture. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know about that. Um, sorry, I'm a little distracted because I'm looking ahead to this Match.com commercial. Now, I don't uh, I think maybe I have seen this one before. Uh, I, you've certainly heard me yell about it yeah, in our living room. But actually, this is not interesting, so I'll lead with it. I'm looking <laughs> at the still. You know, I've got it loaded here on YouTube. I haven't hit play on it yet. I don't know if I've seen this particular one. But I'm seeing the. this is a man on the street. Um, it's the match guy. The match guy. Who I have on. bitched about before in this show. Yes. In the background, though, I mean, do you recognize that street he's on? There's the State Theater and the Paramount Theater. That's not Cleveland, is it? I don't know. That doesn't look that familiar sounds, to Cleveland you? Cleveland sounds like a place where they would like match. There's a... Th- some offense. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, all right. I'm going to stop trying to puzzle out what street corner in the world this dude's on. Can you please take it from here so I stop talking? Yes. This is... I, I have bitched about match before, probably on Cheese and G's show. I don't like these ads um, for new listeners. There is Match has had a longstanding spokesman. He's a tall, doofy looking white guy with sort of a flat top haircut. And he basically his shtick is he harangues mostly women, occasionally men. But it is far and away his targets are women and they are presented as ostensibly uh, man on the street interviews where he asks women, so are you doing match.com? And for whatever reason, they're not doing it. And then he like condescendingly mansplains to them why, oh, well, sounds like your friend met someone on match.com or sounds like your mom met someone on match.com. Why aren't you on it? I guess you better get on it, huh? And it is, I mean, it is so crazy making to me. Like I see it and I just, I have a Pavlovian visceral hatred. I mean, this is a product that if I were single, would you know i would it would drive me away from this product so anyway uh there's a new there's a new match product out there it's a new feature of their uh their service called missed connections and why the reason i've included it on cheese and g's is that it makes a bad ad 
even worse by being a terrible and scary product. Basically, it tells you and other people on the service if you were like in the same vicinity, kind oh, of right. like, yeah. like Tinder and I mean, Grinder. obviously, that was sort of the original purpose of Grindr. I think of it as a Foursquare for humans. Uh, Foursquare is the... Uh, it's location-based. It was a bad oh, joke. Okay. I'll cut it out. <laughs> um, so I just... And, and the fact that he only talks to women about this and she, you know, they're telling him, oh, I see he was at the bookstore I like, or oh, I see he was at the brunch spot I like. Like, as if this is a good thing. Like, that is a terrifying... That is, why don't they just call it invitation to stock? I just hate this product and I hate this guy. And I just want to, this is my PSA to not use this service. We ask people to just go about their day to try a new feature for Match. So click on Miss Connections right there. Cross paths with Brad near 9th Street. That's my favorite brunch place. He's cute. Looks like he goes to my gym. So I see Emma here and I passed her three times today. Six times today. Four times. You didn't know. Now I do. What do you think that means? You keep crossing paths. I mean, we're going the same places. Yeah, you are. We like the same things that we would agree on where to go to brunch. Match. So much of this commercial is the expression that he's making on his face, and I don't know how to describe him. I'm going to try something here. He seems like a guy who really likes the movie Swingers. <laughs> is that's, that accurate? Like, oh, that's the best way I can describe him. Yeah, he's still, it's like, it's 2017, but he still says things are money. Yeah, right. It's the most money dating app. Uh, I These honestly make my skin crawl. And when that, when... When he's like helping these dudes figure out where these women are yeah. in their vicinity and like where they go on a regular basis, can you even imagine? I mean, it should be a crime to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, I understand you're getting you a little have bit. To sign yeah, up you're for getting, it. but also you're getting a little bit into the product here, which is fine. But like, how much do we hate the product and how much do we hate the commercial? I actually think I've seen. Um, commercials with that exact dude that I hate more than this one. It's just combined with the creepiness of the actual product. Yeah. It's I it really just is my excuse to make a PSA. <laughs> Don't sign up for this. Don't sign up Don't for Don't sign it. up for match. You will get murdered. Well you also just really believe that you people will get should matched-ered. meet the old fashioned way, right? Like that's kind of your thing. You meet Yeah, at your the, parents should set you up right, in a marriage and you right. should just get married. And then the two dads should like trade like some sort of good yeah, for some the kind of livestock. Of the, of Bing bang woman. boom. Right. Yeah. It's just a more romantic way to go about things. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take the ball here for one second and talk about some commercials. Because I've been I hate. talking nonstop. <laughs> I um I'm picking the worst commercials to try to explain via podcast why they're so bad. Because this one is, is all about... Is this like that scene from Mr. Show where Bob Odenkirk tries to explain a, jo- a cartoon to a blind guy? <laughs> I forgot about it. No, it's more like the call-in show that is pre-taped. So all of the callers are responding to topics <laughs> that were last week's topic. And David Cross is getting more and more angry and frustrated with his listeners. That's like this. <laughs> this is a good example. You should just watch Mr. Show. Is yeah, actually, just watch Mr. Show. And I, I say that, though, because this is a good example of me not understanding the medium I'm working <laughs> with. Because this commercial is about lip syncing. So how bad does that work on a podcast? Pretty bad. My one saving grace here, though, is that... These are in very heavy rotation and have been for five years. So I feel like if you've been around a TV with any kind of regularity, you've probably seen some version of of one of these commercials. And these are the Allstate commercials. Um, oh, no, it just occurred to me in all of my prep for this, I didn't think of the name of the actor who's doing the voiceover. But I'll bet you you can save me on that. 
President Palmer. Yes. Okay. Well, so I'm going to give you a second to figure that out. <laughs> I'll set up the commercial, and then and then that'll make sense. So these are the commercials where you have a couple talking to each other. I think it's almost always a couple, and halfway Dennis through the, Haysbert. Halfway through the conversation, suddenly the the voice of the usually the woman talking becomes the voice of Dennis Haysbert, who's kind of the voice of Allstate. He's been doing vo- Allstate voiceover for a while now. And the reason I called he him President Palmer is that he I, I first became aware of him when he was President David Palmer on 24. And so let me start... Or as I call him, our first black president. Let me start with the the one that's been running for five years. It's from 2012, in case you're looking to not do math today. Um, this is a couple, and they're sitting at like a coffee shop. Do you think they're a couple... I thought so. You think they're just friends? That's so interesting that you interpreted that, them that way. I actually, Their I, dynamic to me seemed so adversarial that I interpreted them, uh, interpreted them as being either friends or friendly acquaintances or colleagues or something. They're having lunch together, and, and it's I mean, very have, much a coffee shop. I don't know if you shop. know this, but like, I've had lunch with men who are not you. I know, but this, is seem, this, this seems very much like a coffee shop vibe. I can't explain it. There's something kind of... If you were going to meet for lunch with somebody you don't care for that much, it doesn't seem like you'd pick this kind of cozy coffee shop vibe. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting a lot on it. I would actually... I do think this is a couple. I'll rewatch it, and I'll let you know if I still feel that way. But assuming that I still believe this is a couple, I feel like this would be a couple that fits well into that whole show we did on, like, why are they together yeah. or whatever, because there's so much animosity. That's what I mean. So that's one problem with this. So the, the I'm going to call them a couple, probably in their mid to late 20s and um he, the she, dude's sort of like a down market um ben schwartz sure he's the guy I'll he's john ralphio from parks and rec oh yes i'm sorry i was thinking of jason schwartzman anyway i'm doing a really good job of making this commercial interesting and understandable young couple sitting at a table and she starts talking about how he's making comments about women and driving and apparently her driving skills let's just let the voice overtake over from here you said men are superior drivers yeah yeah then how do i get this all state safe driving bonus check so that's still her talking there. I want to make that clear if you've never seen this. So suddenly her voice just switches over to our first black president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then how do I get this? All state safe driving bonus check. That? So weird, right? My agent Tom said. Only all state sends you a bonus check for every six months you're accident free. But I'm a woman. Maybe it's a misprint. Does it look like a misprint? Okay. Let's try. Silence. Ugh. At the end, she's like shoving the check in his face. I still think they're a couple. I, I think that he looks kind of like embarrassed, like my woman's spouting off. He does a quick like kind of look around the room like people are looking at him. I hate the whole concept of the voiceover or I'm sorry, the lip syncing. It just seems weird and uncomfortable to me in a way I can't explain. I don't think it makes the product more memorable or attractive in any way. And then you just add this layer of this couple seeming like they hate each other. I don't have the same negative reaction that you have to it. I don't love it. They don't stand out to me as something that I would uh, single out for a lot of praise. But I think that Haysbert is a pretty good spokesman. There are other 
the the reason that that works it, if it works at all the reason that it works as a joke is that he is recognizably and his voice is recognizably the all-state spokesperson voice mm-hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't sort of offend my ear and eye the way I think it does you and I don't know why how to account for that other than just people be different you know like it just drives me I, it, this is one where I yell at the TV I hate it so much yeah I don't know it doesn't it just doesn't affect me that way but I think it's sort of like I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a way to unpack that like I don't think it's because you're a man and I'm a woman I don't think it's because of any particular thing I think it's just a taste a taste issue. However, that does remind me of the stand-up routine I'm working on. Right. Men be all like, I hate this Allstate commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a niche joke, but, you know. <laughs> I want to quickly do a shout-out, though, because I, I really could not hate that commercial anymore. But, you know, Allstate does a lot of, lot of good things. I actually agree with you that Dennis... Hastert. Haysbert. Dennis, Dennis Hastert, I think, is uh, the <laughs> he, former... He wouldn't a spouse speaker, right? He would, speaker. He would Who not I, didn't he go to prison? Spokesperson? I think so. Um, uh, but I do think that Dennis Haysberger is a great <laughs> spokesperson. I really like his voice. I think it's smart to grab him. Um, we just talked, I think, last week about the... Uh, the, the kid who got into the accident with his car and he's confronting and his parents. And how much we love that. Yeah, thanks to the he, listener who sent that yes, in. Yes, he nails the acting. It's fantastic. They have another one running now where there's um, a father in the car oh, with a couple of his teenage kids and his I wife. I like and this they're one. All, should I just play it? Yeah, actually? go ahead. Um, nobody's paying any attention to him because they're all, uh, on, their they're all on their devices with their headphones. And including including his, his wife, wife, who's in the passenger seat. And so he's just sort of talking to himself, lamenting the fact that nobody's listening to him. But then he starts to share secrets since nobody's listening to him. It's okay that everybody ignores me when I drive. It's fine. Because I get a safe driving bonus check every six months I'm accident free. Because I don't use my cell phone when I'm driving. Even though my family does and leaves me all alone. Here's something else. I don't share it with mom. I don't. Right, mom? I have a brand new putter you don't even know about. It's awesome. Safe driving bonus <laughs> checks. Like, he just sells it. He's just a charming guy. He is a charming guy. That's sold. I got to say, that family ha- needs to get into some therapy. Because yeah, yeah, it, no, it is one thing for the children to be plugged in. If I, like, you get mad at me when I play my Scrabble game and, in the yeah, passenger and, and, seat. Can you imagine if I put my headphones in while we were driving somewhere I don't get together? mad at you when you play your Scrabble game when we're driving. I get mad at you when you play your Scrabble game when we're at breakfast or brunch together. Um, I will also say Allstate is the ones that have uh, mayhem with the guy oh, from... Uh, Dean Winters. Dean Winters from uh, uh, 30 Rock. Talk about commercial crushes. So they do a lot of really good stuff. Let's resurrect that bit. Yeah. So I, I just, I can't believe what a miss I feel like these uh these other ads are um i i will say again for the eight billionth time holy moly do insurance companies yeah. have big marketing budgets i'm gonna play one more I mean, of these voiceovers. this is all state we've just named three campaigns i'm gonna play another one of these uh lip syncing ads because this is definitely a couple they're in their bedroom i'm not and- sure they're a couple <laughs> see i think that the campaign is a couple's campaign i could be wrong but let's take a listen to this more pillows? Yes, because we have claim-free rewards from Allstate, which means money back for not having a claim. And extra money means 
More pillows. More pillows. Because <laughs> women got to have their pillows. You laughed. You love it. I don't love it. I don't like that one as much. It, but it got you. I mean, I'm not making fun of you. I'm glad. Something we... about the way Dennis Haysbert says more pillows at the end makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm a sucker. Uh, no, I mean, I think we can disagree. So let's see here. So what I want. I Now, I've been doing all the talking, and I'm not a good talker. So how about we go. Oh. I'm going to turn down your microphone a little bit because you're going to blow it out when we start talking about this Volkswagen commercial. Right, right. You hate this one. I do hate this one. So this is called, officially, this is a 2018 Volkswagen Love Bug commercial. And I want to give a shout out to some listeners whose name I did not take the time to find who also put this... Uh, put this in complaining our about it in, in on the facebook yeah page. there was just some discussion about it i don't remember now what the what the various takes were but i think this was polarizing well the first thing i will say as far as a g is concerned with this thing is they spell it l-u-v bug now that's only in like the description of the volkswagen commercial it doesn't appear anywhere in the commercial but i don't care you spell love l-u-v you're already getting demerits from me uh this is a commercial where we see a couple, jump in here and correct me when I'm wrong, we see a couple, they have a small little car, I guess probably a bug, right? Yeah. And then they start making out in the back seat, and then we see them at the dealership, and they have a little baby, so they're getting a bigger car. And then as it goes on, I've seen the 30-second commercial a bunch. This is a minute-long one. They keep having sex in their bigger and bigger cars, and then going back to the dealership to get bigger and bigger cars for their ever-growing family, because they they can't keep it in their pants. And they've never heard of birth control. And they, they should combine So you've got this. a little blue bug kind of, you know, over a lover's lane. Now they're picking up a, they're driving away the bug, and now they're getting a, what looks like to be a Jetta. And then it just keeps going on and on. Now they're making now out they're the Jetta. Now they're humping in the Jetta, and Owl is watching. And Owl is watching you. Yeah. Okay, now they got two kids. What are they going to get now? Looks like it's the uh, some sort of. It's hy- more like a hybrid, hybrid SUV, SUV thing. Now cows are watching them while well, they're humping they in the are SUV. Just Where are away. the kids right now? Who knows? And have these guys ever done it in a bedroom? Look at all before? these kids. They got three kids and a dog. If they ever have sex in a bedroom, they're going to be blown away. They're going to be like, "This is great." Now There's it's so like much room. some a full SUV, and now the SUV is rocking. But oh, it's just because they're all them and their billion kids are like having fun in the car. Yeah, you see that you somewhere. see it. You see the SUV rocking. You think I shouldn't come and knock him, but it turns out that it's just like. But you shouldn't, because who do you want to be around that whole family? Would you rather walk in on an SUV full of kids who are jumping, and screaming all over the place, or a couple having sex? Sex havers. Yeah. Um, okay, so you hate that one. I do hate it. I know I'm being very curmudgeonly here, and I understand it's. I get the joke. I'm not totally humorless, and I, I have to actually say. From a marketing standpoint, I think it's sort of a clever conceit, right? Like, you need a bigger and bigger car. We make bigger and bigger cars. I'm actually a huge fan of Volkswagen as a brand. I mean, this would be a great one for the show that we keep talking about doing where oh, yeah. it's a commercial that you hate for a product that you love. Um, I think it's sort of a a clever conceit. I wish it had been executed differently. Something about grown-ass adults hmm. like doing it in the backseat of their car and then just like multiplying it just 
I just don't like it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have a good reason. I dirty. Just, I guess that's it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just dirty. Like I, I guess I'm just a, a prude at heart. But it's something. It's just sort of visceral for me in the same way that the um, Allstate voiceover is kind of visceral for you. I think. Okay, I can't find Do the actual like reference it? to it. Um, not necessarily. I like how much you don't like it. Like that's fun to me. Uh, I don't know that it would stand out. Um, somebody though, you want to talk about somebody who's got like a very specific issue with this. I thought it was one of our listeners writing on our Facebook page. I can't find the comment now. It might have been just like a blog post somewhere, but I was reading somebody who's railing about the fact that every time we're back at the dealership and you see the new car rolling up and the older car rolling off, but they're all 2017s or 2016s, but this one person was really mad because there was a car in the showroom. If you look past the cars through the glass you see part of a car in the showroom back there that i think hadn't been released yet or something like that it was like a 2018 or 19 is something that or it was several years old maybe and it just did not belong it didn't in belong. the showroom so, so some and there so was some, some volkswagen, volkswagen nerd yes was freaking was having out. a it's pedantic like, freak out yeah so i, I, I enjoy mean, that as respect well. yeah absolutely i want to go to with one i like now and i will say this is one that i like i think Against all odds, not unlike the Phil Collins song um, and the real sentiment we all feel at times, against all odds, I like this commercial. It's for Aflac, the uh, insurance company. Um, Yeah, we never never include Aflac in our insurance talk. They've had uh, such a one-note campaign. Yeah, it's the duck. Used to be Gilbert Gottfried. Then he made a joke about a... 9-11. Nope. um, It was the tsunami. He made some tsunami jokes. Uh, in, uh, when that happened in Japan, I'm going to say five years ago or something. So they replaced him. Turns out people can imitate Gilbert Godfrey saying Aflac. Yeah, turns like out literally I can. anyone yeah. can do that. In this particular one, we open on a dad in the uh, front yard with his son, and the dad is already on his knees with a big like kind of t-shirt filled with ice over his face. So we've already missed the action. We're coming in on this commercial after clearly his he and his kid were playing um it looks like baseball in the backyard. I think the kid's got a bat and that's where the commercial opens. And we see the mom walk up and she's taking in this whole scene. Um, it gets a little bit complicated because you're going to hear the Aflac duck at one point. Don't let that throw you like we'll explain that later. But essentially the mom is realizing Thank goodness we have Aflac insurance because we can take care of your dad's face and we don't have to spend the money that we've been saving up to go to Hawaii. Does that all make sense? As I'm trying to describe it, I feel like there's a lot going. There's a lot of backstory in this commercial. We got it. So let me play it and then uh, hopefully that will uh, that'll all make sense. And then I'll talk more about why I like this commercial, even though maybe I shouldn't. Are you okay? What happened? Dad kind of walked into my swing. Don't you mean Dad kind of ruined our Hawaii fund? Ah! Ah! I should go to the hospital. There goes the airfare. I don't think health insurance will cover all of that. Without that cash from Aflac, we might have to choose between Hawaii or your face. Hawaii. Huh? Oh, Hawaii. (laughs) 
You might have less coverage yeah. than you think. Visit Aflac.com and keep your life. I um I, the reason I say I shouldn't like this commercial is because it kind of falls in that like it seems like it should fall in that weird relationship thing. Like the mom's kind of teaming up against the dad a little bit, like not showing a lot of concern at all for his face. In a certain way, it could be seem callous or unloving. But the reason it's totally sold is the actress just. I think she's good all the way through, but when she says. Hawaii, as if she even had to think about it. Instead of seeming cruel or, again, too callous, it's just hilarious. And the little boy, I mean, clearly, not to get too far into this, they don't have to choose between Hawaii or the hospital. But she says, good thing we don't have to. And the little boy raises his hand up and says, Hawaii. And she says, Hawaii. And she and she high fives the little boy. And then here's what I also I think. Here's also, I think, what saves it is. Then the dad, even though he's in tons of pain, he raises his hand and gives a reluctant high five to the woman as well. So I just think that she's, I just think she's a little bit of a ball buster and she's hilarious. I think the the kid is a good child actor. He um, yeah. he does a good immediate spin when his mom walks up. Oh, dad uh, walked into my swing. Yeah, I think the boy is charming. I think the mom, I'm just kind of in love with the mom, I guess. And this is where you will insert the boner sound. Bow, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Is that is that the, I don't even know is that the boner sound? <laughs> Whatever you choose. Okay, well I lo- I love that one. So now it's time to uh pull a G out. Um you have one here. I don't know that I know this commercial Genevieve. You added it to the list for Toyota CHR. I don't even know what CHR is. I think it's like sort of a SUV type mm. of Toyota. Okay. This commercial is I I I don't understand the first thing about why they thought this would be a good idea. Um, I don't think there's a ton of dialogue, so I'll just walk you through it. You can play it. I think there's like a little bit of dialogue and some music, but just so you understand what's happening. It starts in what I take to be like a fashion design house of some kind, sort of a Devil Wears Prada. I don't know if it's like a magazine or or like a design firm or whatever, but there's this sort of like, you know, very... uh, Devil Wears Prado, who's the woman, who's the real woman in the Anna Wintour type. Very ho- haute. Is that the right word? Haute, like, haute, what's the word I'm looking for? H-A-U-T-E? Like haute couture? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, like high fashion. Yeah. That literally means high fashion. Yeah. yeah, so you got sort of this haute couture, like, very, like, you know, face, hair pulled, wait, right, like, hair pulled back tight, face very drawn, woman severe severe and she and two other bitches like her <laughs> her bitchy now we're getting to it. It was, i mean every, everything in this is an i should clarify everything in this is an analog to to cinderella the story of cinderella mm-hmm. so you have the wicked stepmother who's the boss and her two favored employees these other two women and for some reason this woman that they also work with but who's not fancy like them the cinderella of the piece they they say in a way that is just bonkers in a modern context you're not going to the party you don't have anything to wear like what universe is this so that somebody who number one would say that to their in colleague a workplace and then not only in a workplace but also in a workplace like this you know that the the least fashionable person at this place is still somebody who cares a lot about fashion maybe doesn't have the most expensive clothes but definitely has an eye so can i actually let's just pause there for a second let's get us some of that sound all right cindy you don't even have a dress no dress come on girls she's not coming with us 
and she's just left. By the way, she's a beautiful woman so, who's left up to her own devices now. So she she leaves her workplace because she wants to go to the Palace Fashion Show. So it's like right. It's so. There's no uh, sort of distance at all between the fairy tale and the story, right? Like, it's just a, a, a modern context slapped onto the Cinderella fairy tale. She gets in her Toyota CHR, goes and picks up her cool friends, and it's like this modernized version of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo song from the Cindy the Disney Cinderella yeah. movie. Her friend represents the fairy godmother. Her friend right? represents the fairy godmother. And for whatever reason, they go to a hardware store and buy a bunch of shit there and they in the car on the way to the fashion show design a crazy dress that's amazing. And then for some reason when they get to the fashion show, she's in the fashion show in her hardware store created amazing concoction. Now they're using like duct tape and, you know, all kinds of non-traditional dress materials. Why are they doing this in the car at 1130 at night? Anyone's guess. Cindy? Oh no, the stepsisters are mad. And they're in the I audience. Mean, excuse me, the colleagues. Yet she's on stage. Like, what? How, who planned this? Who planned this? Oh, she left a shoe. She, she's running out to her HRV her, or whatever. And her friends, I guess. She's running out to her Toyota HPV and she accidentally <laughs> left her. Uh, one of her shoes came off, I as you might have I'm surprised that when you see the shoe come off, that there isn't some sort of nod towards a Prince Charming situation. The whole thing makes zero sense. It's like. Someone was like, oh, Cinderella, that's a great sort of trope or whatever. Let's uh, let's transpose it onto a modern context. I think there's a way to do that, but this is emphatically not it. It's so forced, and it it just makes you... It forces you to unpack the story and expose all of the gaps in it that make just literally no sense. The first time you play this for me, I'm coming around. And it adds to it nothing. Now. By the way, and P.S., it sells you nothing about the car. I'm coming back around to this, but um, the first time I watched it, I was like, meh. Like, what? If you're going to do the Cinderella story, they're just doing the Cinderella story. So, is there a way that you would do this by sticking with the Cinderella story but being more clever about it? Or do you just say, screw the Cinderella story? I mean, I would need more time and I think like a longer longer time to think about it. I think putting it in a modern workplace where a woman is working in fashion yet somehow only yeah, owns a, a gray t-shirt yeah. and a and a and a hardware store credit card makes zero sense. Like I think you could transpose it to like a girl going to prom. There could be like a prom narrative. I mean, prom is kind of the closest thing we have to like the palace ball. I was thinking the same thing, and, and there, I bet you a million bucks they maybe wedding. started I mean, there's, there. There's the wedding makes it. more sense because I was wondering, like, if they, they start with the high school thing, because you could see, like, it almost has a John Hughes quality right. to it. You have the Molly Ringwald character and sure. her, her ducky ish friend, boy or girl, is like trying to help her create something crazy out of duct tape or whatever for her for her dress. But I'm sure that they're thinking, well, we're not trying to sell this car to teenagers, and that isn't a appeal necessarily 
to the parents. You know, if you're trying to yeah. if you're trying to sell a car to parents, you go for the safety stuff. So, but you're right, a wedding but would have been a good example. A wedding, and also like, who does this sell it to? Like people who have jobs where their bosses are super mean to them for no reason, and like it, it just, I mean, the, it question leads on to question with this one. It makes no sense from a marketing standpoint, and just as a story, it's it takes you out of the story so much because it's so problematic. All right, let's move on to another one. Uh, you love this. We got to get the nose up on the negative negativity <laughs> train, as I like to say. Uh, these are these Maytag commercials where you have a guy or in some I think love cases, is a strong word. I, I like this one. Okay. Uh, this ad campaign, if you've seen, there's a whole bunch of these where you have a guy. It's always the same guy, an actor whose name is um, Colin Ferguson. Looks like he's in a sci-fi show, like sci-fi network show um oh it's not the expanse is it uh no i don't oh, think I so let's that. see here uh colin ferguson uh canadian-born actor oh eureka um he's in a show called eureka which i don't, I don't know about that anyway um so it's him and sometimes another guy and they are human beings who are sitting in a position where they're they're taking over for an appliance of some sort and they're so dressed a, as the as the traditional maytag repairman which is kind of a uh, a joke or a, a tradition that Maytag has really embraced as its marketing uh, marketing story. So I think there's one where um, he's in the kitchen and he's taking the place of an oven. And when we see him, we just see a man kind of crouching down, holding a casserole and talking to the camera while all the family around him doesn't see that that's a man. They just see him yeah. as an oven and he's personifying an oven. Well, in this one, he's personifying a washer. His buddy is personifying a dryer and they are in a showroom, like in a Best Buy, not a Best Buy, but a, a, like a Home Sears Depot type Home of situation. Depot, yeah. yeah. Should I just go ahead and play it or did you want to do anything else to set it up? Just that they both of these Maytag, they're both dressed as Maytag repairmen, which this, it's kind of a an interesting extrapolation of the Maytag repairman. That you know the the Maytag repairman, the joke is, and this is an old concept that goes way back for Maytag, is that the Maytag repairman never has anything to do because Maytags never break. So they've now taken the Maytag repairman image and reconstructed it as they as a stand-in for the reliability of the product. So you have these two dudes who are sitting on a show showroom floor as if they are themselves the washer and dryer. They're both sort of square-jawed, handsome white guys. And there's a woman who's checking out him. Right. Um, so to us, we see this woman who's supposed to be kind of somewhat dot, kind of... Um, I guess she's supposed to be a somewhat homely housewife. Um, and she's, she's like, like TV kinda, homely. She's like kind of like... She'd be like... Yeah, if you, she's made up Regular life, nice looking. Yeah, she looks like like a far side cartoon of uh, a housewife. So she's got kind of horn rim glasses, a, a modernized version of that. Anyway, she's checking out this guy. She's squeezing his shoulders. She's like, you know, kind of probing him. And we see her probing a man. Poking, probing... Nice. Maytag appreciates a compliment, but this Maytag washer isn't just eye candy. Wow. Inside, it's got the capacity and power to handle even the mightiest loads. I love this. Yeah, she's a beaut. So that is her husband who comes up. He smacks our hero on the back, our, our uh, Maytag man on the back, and it makes the sound of him hitting a washer. I love this. Yeah, she's a beaut. It's a he. How do you know? 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then suddenly we realized that it was a washing machine all along. Um, it's somebody kind of walks in front of the screen and he stops being a human and he's back to being a machine again. The don't worry about it just makes me laugh. I don't know. She delivers that line well. Those ads, I don't... I don't love them. I, I feel... I don't have a good argument for why I don't. They are a little bit like the Allstate commercials, the lip syncing. They just give me the ick feeling and I don't know why. They make mm. me uncomfortable. I don't know. I, I Maybe it's it's just a, a taste thing. I don't like people switching voices and I don't like people switching places with machines. Machines are machines. Yeah. Um, I had one that's way too regional, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, you have a couple more on your list. Either one of these you want to hit or are they also Rams? Let's just wrap up here uh, before we get to the ad counts or but rather before we get to commercials in the news on this pop-off Miracle Spring Water. Now, I want to be clear. We're going to play this for you. You don't need to play the whole thing. It sounds like an infomercial. It is an infomercial. I am only bringing this to our listeners' attention because I have seen this ad multiple times during Better Call Saul, which is a mainstream prestige television AMC show. And I want to know what the F is happening with AMC's like ad sales department that they are selling airtime during like original showings of Better Call Saul to this huckster because this guy is just a straight criminal. This is crazy. I'd never heard of him before. You do heard of him? So this is a guy named Peter Popoff. And I have his Wikipedia page here, but did, did you already know about him? I didn't know about him, but I did do a little research as in, in preparation for the show, um, contrary to my normal uh, process. But he's a, he was an American televangelist. Um, he got sued, I think, and successfully sued for his claims to being a faith healer. I mean, he's just a he's just a scam artist. Wikipedia describes him as a fraudulent faith healer and a self-proclaimed prophet. So he's back, and he's got a new he's scam. He's back, baby. And this is for something called Miracle Spring Water. I'm looking at the still image here. It looks like something that Saul Goodman would have produced. I mean, it's the 700 Club. I mean, I th- that's actually why I, it drew my attention. I was watching it, and I thought, like... Oh, is this some sort of like very, you know, uh, covert viral marketing for Better Call That Saul? would be really cool. I really thought it might be. And that's why I kind of like looked into this and figured out that, no, it's just a straight scam that AMC is somehow, you know, giving airtime to or selling airtime to. God's will for us has always been to be in health and to prosper. And he's using the miracle spring water to do just that. When I marry a smoker, I sent for the water and I used it and it worked. He stopped smoking. By taking up the spring water, God healed my heart. And I got his miracle spring water and it changed my whole life. I got a job. I got my own apartment. I'm doing very good. You sent me this miracle spring water and I followed the instructions. Two days later, I got a check for $2,500. The following week, I got a check for $30,000. So many have seen the miracle touch of God in their lives. You're next. I'm Peter Popoff. Let me send you your free packet of miracle spring water. It's not even a bottle of water. It's a small little packet of water, smaller than the size of like a travel toothpaste tube. Yes. I, and I mean, we've all seen garbage like this before. I mean, I grew up in the South. Like I haven't seen the a lot of this. you know Tammy Faye, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker was a regular feature of my my youth growing up. So evangelists and fraudsters and all that garbage is not a new thing. But I just find it. I mean, I honestly like almost wrote AMC a letter. Like, what 
are you doing? Like, this is really not cool. Yeah, and I wonder what the laws are that regulate that. This, like, you know. do they have to sell him? If he's, like, got the coin, do they have to sell him the airtime? I don't no, know. No, I don't... I think anybody, unless it's a new station and it's a, a kind of a... Uh, would you call it um, f- not fair time, uh, equal time provision during an election cycle? I-, I think that you can say we have a certain amount of standards. This doesn't meet our standards, whatever. But can you just go on television and buy ad space that makes ridiculous claims? I'm sure they're careful about not specifically saying buy this water and X will happen they to you. They basically say they're that, They're just though. talking to people who make claims that certain things happen to them. I'm, I'm sure they're threading some needle, and it really does sound like a Better Call Saul ad. Um, I wouldn't mind watching this one. Peter Popoff Ministries Miracle Mixture TV spot. This is supposed to break the drought? God has given Peter Popoff a powerful miracle mixture. That, the same okay, mixture that, that's a lot of peas right there. Yeah. I do like that. It's Too many copywriting. <laughs> God has given Peter Popoff a powerful <laughs> miracle mixture. The same mixture that God used to break the extreme drought that plagued Israel. I declare to you, your drought is going to end as you use your faith. Move in faith. Take the steps of faith to end the drought in your body, your finances, your relationships. Can you hear that? It's the sound of abundance. Call the number on your screen to get your very own free this packet is amazing. of miracle And this mixture. guy's face is more filler than face at this point. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I'm glad you brought this to my attention. I think when I'm watching Better Call Saul, it's um, kind of already DVR'd, so I uh, have never seen that before. Um, it actually, it's not funny, because stuff like that is, you know, it's preying on the it, elderly, the uh, the people who don't the necessarily most, have all the of most their... Vulnerable, the yeah. most dis- the most ignorant, the most disenfranchised. It's absolutely criminal. I mean, this is a huge sort of uh, sore spot for me. Uh, I mentioned Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Like they, I grew up. They were like basically demons of you know exploiting and robbing people blind, like old people who would like send them their last social security check rather than eat because you know Jim and Tammy Faye need it for their mansion. Mm-hmm. And that one, he made a very specific claim, too. He said, I proclaim this will end your drought. But then I guess how you define drought is uh, certainly loose in that ad. All right, let's uh, move on. Congratulations to everybody who won a chi today. And those of you who earn G's, we expect better. better next time. Yeah. Commercials in the All right, really quickly, I just want to update the story we were telling you about at the top of the show. His name is Jonathan Goldsmith, and you probably know him as the most interesting man in the world. Uh, he used to do those Doseki beer commercials. He would say, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I drink Dosekis, which was just such a great tagline, wasn't it? It was a great tagline, and it was a great campaign. I have nothing but praise for the original Most Interesting Man campaign, which I thought was uh, fantastic and... Uh, did a nice job for the brand, and then the world, and then the world, and then the FIFA Championship happened. Because remember that was why Dosakis changed oh. it. They became like a, a name sponsor, yeah, marquee sponsor. Yeah, of, I, I want to say it was the FIFA Championship. It might have been the World Cup, some dumb soccer thing. 
Uh, and they were specifically like, we need to go after like young brosifs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like Jonathan Goldsmith was to a bunch of an old brosif. Because so he's they... in his seventies now. I want to say he's seventy-seven. Um, and I think I wonder how the wonder how the adwizes over there at uh, Dosakis feel about it because there really did seem to be a backlash. I mean, yeah, an angry backlash. People were like, "What? We love this guy." Can I just tell you, Ad Age? Somebody at Ad Age has a huge hard on for Jonathan Gold. Smith because um, he it gets so much coverage over there. They're constantly tweeting about him. They tweeted a story or somebody somebody wrote a story. Maybe it's appeared in Vox or something like that. But this dude is like apparently Obama loved those ads. Like President yeah, you, Obama. I just saw photos of and them he got together. to go to like Obama's birthday yeah, party. Fiftieth birthday party. I saw that one. It's a story. Like this guy was just like he he was so he v- literally is the world. <laughs> yeah, man. and he was right there, and he's like so like easily kind of viral in a good way, um, and. And yeah, I think it was a mistake for them to let him go. Well, he's not one to just say, well, uh, then I guess I'm done with my acting career. He is now appearing in tequila commercials, sort of. The name of the tequila is Atrol, I believe, A-T-R-A-L. Oh, it's Astral. Astral. Okay, I'm sorry, Astral. Um, Astral? I don't know. Astral. I'm going to say Astral. Whatever. Um, now, these have not aired on TV yet, but they've released a 15-second ad online that the company says is a teaser for an ad campaign that will be televised uh, that will be coming out at some point. I'm going to play this 15-second ad for you. Now, if you've ever seen one of these Doseki Most Interesting Man in the World uh, commercials, you will recognize this scene very, very clearly. He's dressed in the same way he used to dress as the most interesting man in the world. Um, He's got two beautiful women, one on each side of him. He's sitting in a big leather chair in some sort of a drawing room situation. It looks exactly like a Dos Equis commercial, only instead of drinking Dos Equis, he has a little shot glass of clear liquid. I told you, I don't always drink beer. Astral Tequila. They do such a good job of kind of like, you know, harnessing what he was known for yeah. and playing off of it. But the big question for me and what I find interesting is... By the way, is, Sprint, this is how, like, yeah. this is how it's done. Oh, this is this, com- this That's is a how, huge G for me. Those Jared this is commercials. How, not Jared, um, Paul. Paul. The, the Can You Hear Me Now guy. Ugh. This Ugh, is how, this so is how you own... I mean, I guess beer and tequila aren't a competitor, but like, this is how you own another company. Did you end up reading this, though? Because the legal ramifications are very interesting because yeah. you're not allowed just to steal somebody else's intellectual property. And clearly, the most interesting man in the world is the intellectual property of Dos Equis and whatever company came up with it, whatever deal they have. Um, and you're not allowed just to like kind of dress up like other characters that used to play right although i don't know how they're getting away with, with paul but let me re- so this was written up by ad age and they talked to a lawyer about this um so far by the way dosekis has not made any kind of claims there's no bad blood so far as we can tell they're, they released a press release i think saying, it helps that they're not a direct competitor it is true although i mean it's it not is, like modello is doing this y- that that is that is true so um let's see ad age here ran it by douglas wood a senior partner at reed smith and a general counsel to the association of national advertisers for an opinion he noted the similarities in the humor and setting to the doseki spot but he added that alone is not likely to be actionable while they arguably take some of the expression and trade off on some of the goodwill associated with the character in the context of the doseki's campaign it's 
it's hard to see any damages or uh, taking that goes beyond fair use. While humor alone is not a defense, it's unlikely the lighthearted references to his old character rise up to an actionable cause. I want to actually back up here um, for a second. It says that if an actor performs in character, then that would be infringing on the rights of the advertiser. But actors are free to reference their old roles. That's a fine so line, a, isn't it? That's literally what they say. So it's a fine line. Yeah. And that, so this lawyer says, it is a fine line, but they seem to be walking it pretty carefully. Um, you'd have to, it sounds like, go to court and prove that this has hurt the sales of And, and I product. think that's where the product category is really is really critical because I think um, Sprint or Verizon is it Verizon that he had that the better can you hear me now guy anyway whatever one he originally was shilling for they have a better case I think because you can argue that he is that his ads now are actively trying to take market share from them absolutely I strongly doubt that a beer company is competing for market share with tequila drinkers. Yes, they're both alcoholic products, but they're such different categories. I think legally you're right, and, and of course that's thank you. what this lawyer is saying. I thank you and Law & Order thanks you. <laughs> but I'll just mention that we've talked about ad campaigns that really do try to change habit enough so that you are switching not just the brand but the actual product. And I'm trying to think, um, I think it was a bourbon campaign i think it was a bourbon campaign that maybe matthew mcconaughey was a uh was he was doing some writing on it remember they hired him oh, as like i remember that he was a total d- right bag. yeah and so yeah. he's like writing these uh these whiskey campaigns and i'm pretty sure a big part of those campaigns were to get people to switch maybe not from beer to whiskey but from another from alcohol like vodka to whiskey. To whiskey. yeah and so Leaving the legal stuff aside, there are campaigns out there f- yeah. for specific products that are actually well, trying to make an industry change, people to think differently about vodka or to you know switch from vodka to the brown. It's like the example that I always cite that I, I came across in some sort of marketing case study that I did in a, in a previous, I, got, I came across in a previous job. It was for like Campbell's soup or some, some can, oh, yeah, canned soup thing. And we were we were told like basically they they don't view their competitors necessarily as progresso, but more as like breakfast cereal because it's not about necessarily what other soups are out there, but what you're going to eat at eleven thirty at night when you don't feel like making mm-hmm. a real meal, and yeah. you're either going to pour yourself a bowl of cereal or put a can of Campbell's soup and a can of water in a pot. Or if you're like me, you're gonna have some tequila <laughs> everybody's talking at me i don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind all right what is the ad council rapping at us well our first uh, piece of feedback is from listener tony and this is just a uh an example of marketing spin that i think is so great and so instructive uh, and I want to thank Tony for sending it in. We talk all the time, or we reference all the time, that line from Mad Men where Don Draper in his you know, patented Don Draper way gets some t- big tobacco company to like identify their tobacco as toasted, even though the execs are like, well, everybody toasts their tobacco. And he says, no, no, like yours is toasted. Everybody else's tobacco is poisonous. Lucky Stripes is toasted. 
I happen to have that. Nice. I didn't even plan that. That was live audio, folks. That's how you do it. Uh, Tony writes, I wanted to write in and point out the silly marketing that Coors has used for a long time. The cold brewed, cold filtered, cold packaged is basically the same thing as Lucky Strike talking about how their tobacco was toasted, as if to say other brands don't also toast their tobacco. I work for a brewery here in Minneapolis. And when I noticed that that slogan, I thought to myself, isn't that what we all do? Mm -hmm. And it is. We all do that. Uh, This might be a general knowledge to a lot of people, but I figured I would throw that interesting reminder out there. And I do appreciate that. That is interesting. Tony, get back at us, though. Break that down for me. Could you um, could you write back in and tell me what? I mean, first of all, what cold filtered means? Yeah, I don't know. We, like, it's it's like uh, totally gibberish to me. Yeah, I thought you were going to say cold filtered. That's when I think of beer commercials, I think of that. Is that like drivetrain? Which I also don't know what it means. <laughs> we cold filter our drivetrains. Um, <laughs> there's uh, what I think to be kind of iconic scene. Um, in the Simpsons where they're touring the Duff brewery. And this is back in the nineties when like, uh, bud dry was a thing as right. well. And so, uh, you saw them getting a tour and they said, this is the, this is where we keep all of our, our Duff. This is our Duff light. And this is our Duff dry. And the camera quote unquote camera backs up and you see it's all coming from the same right. tube. It's just split off at the end, whatever. So cold filtered, it just reminds me of that. But if you're saying that you all cold brew it, I guess, that kind of makes sense. I can imagine in coffee, you can brew coffee, but there's a way to cold brew coffee. You actually make it with cold water. Uh, I assume that there's a reason why that's better, but uh, cold packaged, I guess that makes sense, although I still don't know why it matters because it's going to get warm eventually anyway. Um, but what the hell is cold filtered? So anyway, Tony, if you want to, if you're still listening, maybe maybe yeah. teach us, give us that a little, little Give us a little lesson in... in uh beer making okay. but i accept your premise i accept your basic statement that this is standard operating procedure for all beer yeah so suck it cores got, got a note here from listener aaron it looks like um yeah this is a commercial for walmart and i wanted to bring this up and it's great it's very apropos that it's on cheese and g's um because this is an ad that aaron does not like and this is an ad that i have noticed and liked so much that i put the song that it made me put the song on my workout mix. Now, the song, the, the commercial's not going to really do a lot for a, for the listeners because it's just that Flo Rida song, Welcome to My House. I don't know what it's oh, really okay. called. I th- this isn't Daddy Yankee? Because your boy Daddy <laughs> Yankee was in a commercial. I was uh, looking I for commercials today. He's in like an Allstate commercial oh, or something. Well, um, I, I like that song, Despacito. But um, this is a sort of a summer barbecue ad for from Walmart. It's all the things that you can get at Walmart for barbecues. It's fruit and corn and burgers on the grill and cheese on the burgers and everybody's like enjoying their their summer barbecue and chopping up watermelons and it's kind of got a, like a a sort of modern style of of f- the way the the camera camera work is done sure like, yeah slow up speed dance slow slow slow, slow down, down speed, speed up, up. <laughs> right it's like strike that reverse it um so this is an ad that Aaron writes, I don't know why, but this commercial bothers me. It just seems so violent toward the food. Uh, slamming the burger, slashing the watermelon. Is that necessary? Why are they so angry? Aaron, <laughs> what's going on? But you know what? Again, this is just, I think we're going to, we should call this one like uh, cheese and G's. It's just, a, it's just a matter of taste because it's just a matter of taste. Like this commercial works for me. And I, God knows I don't like Walmart. Like I have no 
predisposition to like anything they do. But this one really works for me in terms of like how summer feels. Mm. And I love the song. It's a jam for me. And so I actually, it did make me put it on my workout mix. I'm rewatching it now with Aaron's comments in mind. I'm not seeing it. It doesn't look that violent. I mean, the only thing that seems to be that way is when they uh, slam a knife through a watermelon. But, you know, watermelon, you got to do do that sometimes. I would say the one thing that kind of bugs me, and this is nitpicking here, um, at the very end where the burgers start lip syncing, uh, that I can't, I can't abide. By that, that's a bad joke. Yeah. Lip syncing <laughs> complaints for the Allstate commercial. Um, this next one is from listener Angie, um, and this one I hella agree with you, Angie. It is an abomination. Oh, this is the one that you mentioned at the top of the yes. show. This is a Disney thing. Disney has angered me. Should I just play it? Yeah, you're not going to want to play the whole thing. It's two, two and a half minutes, and yeah. um, I think it's sort of more like an online thing. Um, but it, she's, uh, Angie says it keeps showing up on her Twitter feed, and she says it is the worst. I'm not. I'm four. I'm not Walden. We're celebrating Max's Kinder Moon! Okay. <laughs> you can't hear shit because all, the, every, the, worst the kid has person. like a serious uh, speech impediment. And I mean, like, God bless, but he really does. He says, my name's Max. I'm four. I'm and, at Walt Disney World. And then we see him and his parents and they say that we're celebrating his kinder moon. Oh, yeah. Do, would you like to know what a kinder moon is? Am I supposed to know or is this ad going to explain it Why don't you just hit me? play? <laughs> okay. You didn't know what a kinder moon was before. No, no one does because it's not real. Okay. A kinder moon is a chance to get away and come to Walt Disney World before Max becomes a big boy and goes to kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> Mania is great. It's just even. It's just garbage from here. Oh uh, no, the whole concept is awful. Kinder Moon, absolutely not. Made up. Shut holidays. it down. Shut it down. All right, uh, one more here from listener Michael, and then I think we got to get out of yes, here. Yes, it's been a long one. Um, this is for uh, an ad for TD Ameritrade, and <laughs> so Michael. Michael writes in, does anyone else think this is a, 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 a TD Ameritrade ad that uses uh, the song or sort of a version of the song um, Cats in the Cradle, which, as you probably remember, is a song about how uh, someone was a bad dad mm-hmm. and his son grew up and didn't have any time for him when the dad was old. Well, yeah, it's from the perspective of a boy who feels like he doesn't, that his dad never has time for him. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's about a bad and dad. And then he grows up and he realizes he's, he actually understands his dad a little bit better because now he's an adult. And so it's both. But it's I mean, fundamentally it's about wistful. inattentive parenting. Yes. So this song has now been rewritten for this commercial and re-recorded by a new artist. Um, And Michael writes, and I'll have you play it in a minute here, but Michael writes, does anyone else think using an iconic song about being a bad dad who wasn't there for his son to sing the joys of fatherhood is a really bad idea? And I thought, oh, I'm willing to give this commercial a shot. Like maybe it's like I used ironically or they've done something with it because it is a very sort of uh, poignant song and there's like a lot of emotion packed into it. Is it uh, Jim Croce? That's who I think everything is. Uh, I'll look it up. Um, so anyway, I thought like, well, you know, maybe, maybe Michael and I disagree. And then I heard the rewritten lyrics. Harry Chapin, Harry Chapin, of course. Sorry, Harry Chapin. Um, I just want you to play this and I want you to hear the new lyrics of the song, which sound like they were written by like a corporate marketing executive, which, (laughs) which I'm sure they were. My child arrived just the other day. Came 
to the world in a usual way But there were planes to catch and bills to pay So I moved my meat and saw him walk that day He was talking for a new it And as it grew, he say, I'm gonna be So I moved my meetings? You know it gets way, be way, like way better slash worse Well, he came home from college just the other day He said, I can't thank you I really want to get together and discuss my dreams. What are my dreams? Oh my god. Alright, listen. Uh, Michael, I agree with thank you. you that, for sharing that is that. ridiculous. That, that is, is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, and it's hilarious. Follow, but I want to point one other thing out that I actually will give this a just one thumbs up, one mini chi up on. Okay. Do you know what it's going to be? I don't. When uh, Aaron Roden was over here for a show, we we're talking about the daddy daughter ads, and those things really get me, and they really get him, and they're always just like very emotional, but. It's hard to ignore the fact that it's really playing on this certain trope of a father being very protective of his daughter, which there's some reality in there, I understand, but it's also like really ginned up for these commercials, and I like them, but I understand why they're somewhat problematic, and we also said... You just don't see a lot of like fathers and sons getting choked up. And you see several scenes in here of adult men hugging their like middle aged dads and they're like kind of openly crying and hugging. And that's kind of I should have I should have said I actually think the footage in this is quite worthwhile. I think the soundtrack makes it utterly ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's pretty funny. Uh, Oh, God, we got to get out of here. But before we do, um. Do you think, uh, what time is it? It's like nine. Can we go? So I want to discuss my dreams with you. Uh, oh, well, that this. sounds like a great topic and a super interesting topic for this podcast. Okay, good. Uh, because in my dream, mm-hmm. you were you, but you weren't really you. Right. And this is our house, this. but it was like not our house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kept calling you grandma, which was weird. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. Okay, sorry my <laughs> mouth and brain weren't working too well tonight, but I think Genevieve saved the show. Thank you, Genevieve. Let's get out of here by reminding everybody that we do have a very active, very fun Facebook group. Uh, if you want to join it, just look for After These Messages show on Facebook. Uh, now, to verify that you're a real human being, you have to answer one simple question. No, but it's that's, two simple questions. But that's part of the fun. Don't give it away. It's a fun question. It's two simple questions. Again, two questions, but they are fun and easy, and uh, we just want to make sure you're not a bot. Yes, yeah, so uh, join there. A lot of people are doing it like a lot of the a lot of the really smart fun people are doing that uh also we have an email address that's how you get at us after these messages show at gmail.com and we didn't even check the voicemail line tonight but uh what's our voicemail number it's 607-444-5597 again it's 607-444-5597 we love hearing your beautiful voices share your dreams with us all right, that's all I got, Vs. You got anything else? Until next week. All right, talk to you guys next Tuesday. You can really sell anything. Oh, dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of man.